Okay, we're back on this Thursday. Don't know if you've had a chance to see that new Netflix movie, Don't Look Up. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? It's with Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, that title, I think, applies to this next story, Don't Look Up. As a failed Russian rocket has come crashing back down to Earth. And for more on this, let's welcome in Dr. Sarah Masrui, who is a planetary scientist and joins us now here on Global News Radio. Doctor, good afternoon and Happy New Year. Hi, Jeff. Happy New Year. Appreciate you joining us again. Uh, first off, can you give us the latest? Uh, what's the latest on this Russian rocket? Yeah, so um, again, don't look up, but nothing bad happened. It did crash in the Southern Pacific Ocean, um, so no, nothing and no one was damaged. Uh, these things do happen from time to time. We do have a lot of debris that make their way down to the Earth. A lot of the time, thanks to our atmosphere, they just burn up. But sometimes things go wrong or not as planned, and we might get something missed like today's or yesterday's um, Russian rocket. Yeah, How come this rocket it didn't burn up upon reentry? It's pretty big in size, so usually things that are really big don't fully burn up. Uh, normally what we do is try to get rid of as much as the fuel to make them as light as possible, and then we do a planned reentry. So we usually pick a spot to crash these into, and, you know, we're so lucky to have so many oceans, so we can usually just, um, you know, land them somewhere in the oceans far away from any uh, civilization. But in this case, um, I think they ran out of fuel to sort of do the safe reentry or put it into orbit uh, where all the other space junk lives. Um, and sometimes when you can't have a controlled um, sort of landing or re-entry, things like this happen. And because of its size, it was too big to fully burn up, but we got lucky and nothing and no one was damaged. Okay, I was going to ask you that question. Did we get lucky here that it landed in the ocean? Or again, is this something that we had some degree of control over? Um, in this case, there wasn't a lot of control. But if they could have picked a place to sort of land it, this would have been a great spot. Oceans are generally a good spot to land debris into. Uh, that's what we do with a lot of the controlled reentries. So, you know, it, it almost went like it was planned, except it wasn't really. <laughs> now, we talk uh, from time to time about space junk. So do you think, Doctor, can we expect more and more of this type of uh, thing, this type of event in the years to come? Um, I think so. Um, although a lot of the times there are plans and there are rules and regulations in place. So anytime you're about to put anything into space, any satellites, you do need to have a plan of what is going to happen to it once it's decommissioned. Generally, they just end up in orbit around Earth. Earth's gravity is in a way that will keep a lot of objects just in orbit um, and they will just live there forever, sort of. Uh, but as we start to put more and more objects into orbit and more satellites and we do more testing, just with probability and statistics, we might end up getting more, but nothing to nothing big and nothing to worry about. All right. Also making news, NASA jumping over a major hurdle when it comes to that James Webb telescope that was recently launched. What can you tell us about, uh, Doctor, the sun shield that was recently unrolled? Yeah, so that was really exciting. So the James Webb Space Telescope got launched um, Christmas Day. And, you know, a lot with a lot of space missions, once you've got a successful mission, you're like, yay, ready to celebrate. It's all good. But nice. with this telescope, because it's so massive, you have to sort of unfold it piece by piece. 
Um, and, every, and, and at every step, you're sort of holding your breath, waiting for things to sort of um, unravel and unfold. With this um, sun shield, it's extremely important for the telescope because the way this telescope works is for its equipment, they need to be at really, really low temperatures. Um, and because the sun is right there, it would, it would naturally heat up the telescope. The telescope instruments need to be cold because they need to detect these really faint signals, infrared light, uh, that will help us sort of unfold the universe or unravel the earliest phase of the universe. So it was extremely important to have this go successfully. The sun shield had, um, it had five layers, and each layer was sort of as thin as, as um, human hair, you could think of. And then once it was unfolded, it was about the size of a, of a tennis court. And the importance of it is, um, I'll ask you a question, Jeff. Do you, do you wear sunscreen in the summer? Of course, absolutely. Okay, what SPF do you use? Uh, 50, but usually 30. I start with 50 and then, uh, you know, as I'm, uh, maybe out in the sun, uh, a little more, uh, yeah, I downgrade to about 30. Yeah. So this, the sun shield acts, it has sort of like an SPF, but it's a SPF of a million. So okay. It's, it's doing a little better than me. <laughs> a lot better than all of us. I was going to say you're good for putting sunscreen on. I got to remind myself, but this, this um, sun shield is doing a great job. It's got SPF of a million. It's really going to protect um, those instruments and really help us make those scientific discoveries that we're looking for. Okay. Well, listen, when you're flying right by the sun, I think you need SPF of a million, if not uh, more. Uh, just finally got about a minute here, doctor, but uh, what is next for the uh, James Webb uh, telescope? Yeah, so all the other parts of it are sort of unfolding. The secondary mirror was unfolded successfully. And the next big thing that's happening this week is the unfolding of the iconic honeycomb uh, big mirror of the telescope. So that's another part where we're holding our breath, hoping that everything goes successfully, fingering, uh, crossing our fingers and toes. Um, and, you know, the big hashtag for this telescope is unfold the universe. So we're really hoping that this big telescope will really help us get more information on how the universe um, sort of was born, how it evolved, um, and to learn more about, about our universe. Yeah, really, really exciting stuff. Fun and exciting to track. And we've got some exciting news that looks like in the uh, weeks and uh, months ahead when it comes to the James Webb Telescope. Dr. Mesrui, thank you as always uh, for your time. And again, best of the new year. Thanks, Jeff. All right, there goes Dr. Sarah Masrui, a planetary scientist, and we're back after this quick break. You're on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.